The Bible tells us that once, when the Jewish people were going through extremely difficult days, God gave them a beautiful promise in the book of Hosea. He said, I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Did you know that God will do this for you too, if you'll trust him? He'll turn your difficulty into a door, a door to a better life. Your adversity will become the access point to better days. Anybody can bring good out of good, but God specializes in bringing good out of bad situations. He can change the opposition you face into an opening for new opportunities. He can open up a path through problems that seem impossible to get around. And as you listen to this broadcast each day and you take the steps toward new hope, I am excited to lead you as a friend on this spiritual journey. I want you to remember what God has said in his word. Watch out for the new things I'm going to do. It's happening already. You can see it now. I will make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water in the desert. This is Daily Hope, and I'm Rick Warren. Today on Daily Hope with Rick Warren, we continue in our final days of the series called Shape to Make a Difference. And this is part two of a message called The Purpose of Your Personality, taken from various portions of Scripture. And now, here's Rick. So the first personality, talkers, they love God with all their heart. Now the second kind is what I call feelers. And feelers are those who love God with their soul. Now what does that mean? The word soul in the Bible is used many different ways, but most of the time it's used as a synonym for emotions. In fact, in the book of Psalms, it's almost always used as a synonym for emotions. My soul are my emotions. Now the reason you have emotions is because God made you in his image. God is an emotional God. God has feelings, did you know that? God gets angry, God gets happy, God gets sad. The reason why you have emotions is you were made in God's image. And he gave you the ability to have emotions that animals don't have all of those different kinds. Because humans have hundreds of different kinds of emotions. And most of the time, soul means your emotions. In the book of Psalms, which by the way, if you are a soul type person, you're a feeler, Psalms is your favorite book of the Bible. Because every emotion known to man is in that book. And the Bible talks about a downcast soul, a disturbed soul, a satisfied soul, a yearning soul, troubled and forlorn soul, a joyful soul. It talks about a bitter soul, a thirsty soul, a hungry soul, a rejoicing soul, delighted soul, longing soul. Can you hear the passion in these words? Soul people feel their emotions. They're very in touch with their emotions. Now, some people, uh, they're not in touch with their emotions, but people who are feelers, talkers are in touch with their words. They're very verbal, but but uh, uh, feelers are in touch with their souls and they're very emotional. In fact, they have a hard time hiding their emotions. Often they think they're doing a good job of hiding it, but you can pretty much tell a feeler because it shows in their body language. But they're very passionate people. When it comes to worship, to loving God, they get passionate about that. Once they understand the value of it, the Bible says in Psalm 42, as the deer pants 
for streams of water. Imagine, here's a deer who's been thirsty all day, dying of thirst, comes up to a bubbling brook. It's panting for water. It's going, I am so thirsty. As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. Now that verse was written by a feeler. Okay, listen, I gotta, I, if you like the song, this is the air I breathe, I'm desperate for you, you're a feeler. Okay, a, a, a thinker standing while they're singing, this is the air I breathe, going, I don't get it. <laughs> of course we got air. Okay, it's a no-brainer, okay, it's, it's air, okay, I don't get it. And a feeler's got their eyes closed, going, this is the air I breathe, and they are so into it. It's just different personalities, okay? God doesn't expect everybody to get into every single song. Well, that's okay. But we, we need feelers in the world. Why do we need feelers? Because we need more than communication. We need compassion. You might write that down. The purpose of God putting feelers in the world is because God is a passionate, compassionate God. And these people represent that part of God's personality. And we need people in the world who deeply care and care deeply about issues and care deeply about knowing God and helping others and can empathize and sympathize with the pain and the problems of others. A feeler is a people person. They are the best people persons of all because everybody likes them. Feelers are often very popular because they can understand what you're going through. You go, up to, you go up to a talker and say, man, I'm having a bad day. They'll give you an hour of counseling. Okay. You, you go up to a thinker, okay, you go up to a thinker and say, I'm having a bad day. They'll analyze it for you. Okay. You go up to a doer and say, I'm having a bad day. They'll say, get over it. Okay. But you go up to a feeler and they'll go, I understand where you're coming from. Been there. Know that feeling. You go, oh yeah. And we like feelers because we feel understood by them. We relate. They understand this. We feel like somebody on this planet understands how I'm feeling. And the Bible says that all of us are to love God all four ways, and we're to manifest all four. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 this. Be kind and compassionate to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So God says, oh, look, I've been tender-hearted to you. I've been kind to you. I've been loving, forgiving you. I want you to do the same with others. So we're all to do that. Now, are there weaknesses in this personality? Yes, just like talkers can over-talk and never get anything done. They can just talk about it. Feelers, here's the weakness of feelers. They will be more tempted by their feelings than the rest of us. They're more tempted by emotions than the rest of us. And if you're a feeler, you will have a tendency to be manipulated by your moods. And you will tend to say, well, I want to do this because I feel like it. I don't want to do it because I don't feel like it. And you can, be, you can be controlled by an ocean of emotion. Now, the problem with that is feelings sometimes lie. And just because you feel it doesn't mean you can be discouraged, say, well, the world's going to hell when it's not really. Uh, Or you can say, everything's bad in my life when it's not really. But if you feel that way, you think it's true. And so 
sometimes what you feel like doing is not always the right thing. Everybody want to agree with that? Okay. And sometimes what you don't feel like doing is the right thing. And I found that the only time I do something right is when I feel like doing it. The devil makes sure I never feel like it. Okay, in all of those areas. So, you know, you're going to be tempted. If you're a feeler, you're going to be tempted in the areas of emotions. It feels so good. How could it be wrong? If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. (laughs) That was written by a feeler. Okay. And so you just have to be aware. Now, everybody's tempted. Thinkers have their temptation. Doers have their temptation. Talkers have their temptation. Feelers have their temptation. But nothing tempts you until it hooks your emotion. If it doesn't get you emotionally involved, you're not tempted. You can look at something and go, ah, that doesn't tempt me. But once it keys into an emotion, you're hooked. Now, you're going to be tempted the rest of your life. And the Bible says this. There on your on the outlines, First Peter chapter two. Since your real home is in heaven, in other words, you're not going to spend forever here on this planet. Keep away from the evil pleasures of this world. They're not for you, for they fight against your very souls. They fight against your souls and your emotions. He says, just keep away from them. Don't always give in to them. Don't don't do that. Now, how, what's the warning to feelers? The warning to feelers is this. You must let God lead you. You must let God lead you. That's Rick Warren with just a portion of today's message called The Purpose of Your Personality. It's from the series Shape to Make a Difference. We'll continue with more in a moment. But first, this broadcast isn't the only place you can get daily hope. Check out rickwarren.org to learn what it means to be saved. Listen to other Daily Hope broadcasts. Request prayer. Or shop our online store for CDs, Bible studies, MP3s, books, and more. You can also sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional. So visit us online anytime at rickwarren.org. You can also email Rick anytime at rick at rickwarren.org to share your story. More Daily Hope with Rick Warren in just a moment. How important is your shape to you? In his book, Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren talks about how important your own shape is. Your uniqueness as a person is your shape. Your shape is a combination of your spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. Your shape. Need help understanding your unique shape? Working with Rick Warren, Pastor Eric Rees put together a six-session DVD and study guide called Shape, Finding and Fulfilling Your Unique Purpose for Life. This empowering teaching gives you the tools you need to unlock your God-given potential, and it shows you how to unfold a kingdom plan for your life. The Shaped DVD and Study Guide are in one kit and is our gift to thank you for your donation to support this Daily Hope broadcast. So please request your kit when you call 800-600-5004. Tap into the you that God shaped you to be. Request your Shaped Study Kit today, 800-600-5004. Daily Hope is a 100% listener-supported program, so thank you for your support to keep us on the station. Once again, here's Rick Warren. The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Don't be led by your emotions, but be led by the Spirit. It says, let the Spirit direct your lives. And you will not satisfy, you won't yield to, you won't give in to the the desires, the lust of the human nature. Now we all have desires, and not all of them are good desires. Not every desire you have is a good one. You got some good ones, you got some bad ones. 
you're going to give in to your desires unless you let the spirit lead your life. You'll either be controlled by your feelings or by God's spirit. And when you say, I let God's spirit lead me, it doesn't mean you don't have the feelings. It just means you don't give in to them. A lot of people think, well, if I feel it, then I'm going to, I'll do it. And once I become a Christian, God will take away all my feelings for bad. No, he doesn't. You will have those feelings the rest of your life. But a, a follower of Christ is not someone who has no feelings. A follower of Christ is someone who just doesn't obey the wrong ones. Doesn't give in, doesn't get addicted to, doesn't yield to, doesn't let the negative or the wrong feelings control you. It doesn't say you're tempted, it says you won't satisfy, you won't give in. Now it's interesting that in worship, feelers often close their eyes. I don't know if you've noticed this. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a good thing. If it helps you focus in on God, you sh- it's fine to close your eyes. Feelers use their body. They'll raise their hands. You know, it's like at a, at a, at a ball game. People get excited. They go, woo-hoo! Well, we do about a, somebody hit a home run. Why can't you go, God, woo-hoo! That's fine. And so you see it in their faces. And the Bible says that, in fact, when you are worshiping God, all around you becomes irrelevant. You're not paying attention to how somebody else looks or how even you look. You're focused on God. The third personality are the thinkers. Now talkers love God with their hearts and feelers love God with their souls. Thinkers love God with their minds. Did you know that you can love God with your intellect? Did you know that when you're doing intellectual activities, it brings glory to God? Did you know that God never said, now I want you to take the brain that I gave you and put it on the shelf and follow me? No, he said, I want you to use your mind, use your brain, use your intellect. And the Bible says, love God with all your mind. When you're developing in your mind, you're strengthening your mind, you're educating your mind, you are doing an act of worship. Because you're doing something with what God gave you. Now, the biblical worldview, and Christianity is a worldview, the biblical worldview that's in this Bible is the only logical, rational worldview that squares with reality. I don't know if you've studied all the nine major worldviews of life. I have. I've studied them intensely. And every other worldview that's not based on this ultimately ends up in nihilism, which means nothing matters. There is no meaning in life if there is no God. People try to make it up, but there really isn't. There is no morality in life without God. You cannot have a moral society if there is not a moral God. Otherwise, we're just animals. If there is no God, then you are an accident and your life doesn't matter squat. If there is no God, then your life has no purpose. It has no meaning. You are a freak accident. You're simply just an animal and it's survival of the fittest. And if I want to come over and kill you and take your stuff, well, sorry, it's survival of the fittest. There is no basis for morality in society if there is no God. The logical, rational, intelligent systematically lining it up with reality is the worldview that God gives us in his word. And God says, I want you to use your mind. Now, people who are thinkers, when they become believers, 
and follow Christ, all of a sudden they fall in love with the Bible because they love to study this book. It is so deep. There's no other book in the world like it. And you could study it and study it and study it. It goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And it has all of the answers to life's questions like, why am I here? Where am I going? What am I here for? What is the purpose of life? Does my life matter? What's the past? What's the future? Where did I come from? They're all here in this book. And thinkers dig in and they study. And they love Bible study because they are thinkers. The Bible says this in Psalm 119, how I love your law, I think about it all day long. Now, why do we need thinkers in the world? We need talkers because we need communication. We need feelers because we need compassion. We need thinkers because the world needs consideration. Consideration. In other words, somebody's got to be thinking through complex issues complex problems. Somebody's got to be thinking through the implications of what the rest of us are doing. And we need people who think through tough problems and bring solutions to the table. That's why we need scientists. That's why we need writers. That's why we need philosophers. That's why we need inventors inventing new things and thinking it through. That's why we need innovators and why we need creators who are thinking through solutions to problems that are in the world. The Bible tells us that we are to think about what God wants to do in our own lives. It says this in Lamentations chapter 3. We should think about, think about the way we are living and turn back to the Lord. Socrates said the unexamined life isn't worth living. We need to think about the direction of our lives. And thinkers are good at this. They, they ponder the path that they're heading. Now, are there any weaknesses to this personality? Well, of course, just like there are weaknesses to talkers and weaknesses to feelers, there are two weaknesses of thinkers. Number one is pride. Pride. Because thinkers who have the ability to think fast or are educated tend to look down on people who don't think the way they do. And, well, you're not sophisticated or you're not educated or you don't know what I know. And they tend to devalue everybody else. Not realizing that we now know there are at least nine different kinds of intelligence, not just one. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 says this. It says... Pride puffs up, or knowledge makes people arrogant, but love builds them up. King James says, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. If you're going to be smart, great, use your smarts, but you must temper it with love. Otherwise, you're going to be egotistical. Now, let me tell you a little secret. Don't tell anybody I told you this. Last couple years, I've had the opportunity to speak at and meet with some of the most brilliant minds in the world, in congresses and conferences and seminars, very bright people. And you know what? Some of them are just flat out stuck up. They're snooty. They're snotty. They're, I won't tell you what they are. But they're smart. They know they're smart, and they'll be happy to tell you they're smart, and they're proud of their smarts. And what they don't realize is everybody's ignorant just on different subjects. Okay? You know some things a physicist doesn't know. 
And the person next to you knows some things you don't know. And they know some things I don't know. Everybody's ignorant just on, double, on different subjects. Nobody knows everything. So the Bible says, don't be proud of your wisdom. Be proud that you know the Lord. Now, if you are a thinker, you ought to use your intelligence, but temper it with love. Because otherwise you can become egotistical about it. The other problem of thinkers is indecision. Some people use study as an excuse to never act. And some of the most scholarly people I know are also the most vacillating, wimpy, indecisive people I know. They're always saying, well, it could be this and it could be that. And it could be this and it could. And they never come to conclusions. The Bible talks about them like this. Always studying, but never able to recognize the truth. And some people use study as an excuse, as a barrier to never act, to never really do anything. So the Bible gives warnings to thinkers, just like it does to talkers and to feelers. The first one is practice humility. The Bible says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Why? Because God is God and you're not. And he's a lot wiser. Humility is a choice. By the way, never pray for God to humble you. In the first place, not once in the Bible are you ever told to pray that prayer. It never says, ask God to humble you. So don't ever say, God, please humble me. No. In the Bible, it says, humble yourself before the Lord. It's a choice. Humility is something you do to yourself. Nobody else can do it to you. Humble is something you do to yourself. It's a choice to say, God, you know what in an essence humility is? It's total dependence upon God. That's Rick Warren with Daily Hope. In a moment, Rick will wrap up today's message with a sneak peek of tomorrow's message, which is the last part of the purpose of your personality. But first, I want to tell you about the Daily Hope website, rickwarren.org. Log on there today, and you can get today's entire message, get message notes, social media links, and sign up for Rick's free Daily Hope devotional. So visit us online anytime at rickwarren.org. Also, don't forget that Rick wants to send you a special gift to thank you for your donation to support this Daily Hope broadcast. And it's the Shape to Make a Difference study kit by Saddleback Pastor Eric Reese, the perfect companion to the series you're hearing this month. We all have a shape, and Shape to Make a Difference gives you the tools you need to unlock your unique shape for doing what God has created you to do. This includes discovering your spiritual gifts, clarifying what you have a heart for, recognizing your abilities, defining your personality type, and understanding how your life experiences can all be used to help others. You're not supposed to be good at everything. You were shaped the way you are for a reason. When you tap into the way God has shaped you and the secrets of your own personal makeup, you'll discover the path to a life of unimagined purpose, impact, and fulfillment. We're winding down the Shape to Make a Difference study, so be sure to request your copy of Shape to Make a Difference when you call with your support of this Daily Hope broadcast at 800-600-5004. Daily Hope is a 100% listener-supported broadcast. So your support is so important. And we'd love to say thanks and tell you how much we appreciate you by sending you the Shape to Make a Difference study kit. Call to request it today at 800-600-5004. And please consider giving just a little more to help keep Daily Hope on your station. 
And now with a quick preview of tomorrow's message, here's Pastor Rick. I only believe the parts of the Bible I actually do. I only believe the parts I actually do. Do you believe we ought to give to the poor? Yeah, do you do it? Nah. Do you believe that, we, that people are, uh, need Christ to go to heaven? Yeah, do you tell them about it? No. Do you believe in tithing? Yeah, do you do it? No. You only believe the parts you do. You may write it down. Be kind to my wife. If you're not kind to your wife, you don't believe it. That's next time. Be sure to join us again as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and listeners like you.